Jets and Panthers are in. Welcome to the program here today. And uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins lose. And that might be the biggest story of all because now they need help from the out-of-town scoreboard. And the out-of-town scoreboard means the Montreal Canadiens, who will play the New York Islanders tonight with a point the New York Islanders clinch. And that means we say bye-bye to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, we are looking at a postseason without Sidney Crosby. And without Chris Letang and without Evgeny Malkin, and it will just feel strange not having a postseason with the like having a postseason with the Pittsburgh Penguins are not involved will just seem and feel bizarre. It's almost become wallpaper, hasn't it? That the playoffs roll around and whatever they end up doing, we at least get one round of seeing Sidney Crosby in the postseason. And maybe the most disappointing, again, getting ahead of ourselves here because, you know, the Penguins need a, need a win tomorrow against the Columbus Blue Jackets and need the Islanders to lose tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. You know what they've squandered? I mean, they squandered a lot of things here, but very specifically, they've squandered something that we haven't seen since, two, since 2009. You know what that is? A full, healthy season for Evgeny Malkin. He has not put together a full, complete, healthy 82-game season since 2009. The story about Malkin so far, you know, going back to 2009, is elite-level player going to the Hockey Hall of Fame, one of the best of this generation. If it wasn't for Sidney Crosby with the Pittsburgh Penguins, this would be the Malkin show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. One of the greatest of all time. It's the first time he's been healthy and the store for the full season. And the story of Malkin all this time has been great player, but hospital bracelet. Can't get it off. Every season misses time. Malkin this season hasn't missed. And he's still a high-end player with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll be really curious. And again, the story of the day is still, you know, the Panthers and the Jets clinching. And we'll see what happens with the Islanders tonight. They could, um, they could cement their final, the, the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. I know that is the story and getting ahead of ourselves here. But I'll be very curious to see if the Pittsburgh Penguins don't make the playoffs. I give the Islanders pick up a single point. That's all they need tonight because they have the tie break against the Pittsburgh Penguins. What happens with this, let's not forget, new ownership group. Okay? This isn't Mario Lemieux that owns this team anymore. And the loyalties that came along with Mario Lemieux owning this team. This is now Fenway Sports. We'll see what happens tonight. There is a lot on the line this evening. And we have it on uh, Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. Uh, It is the New York Islanders and the Montreal Canadians. The story is, can the Islanders get in? And maybe the bigger story for many, no offense, Islanders fans, will the Pittsburgh Penguins be eliminated next? You know, for whatever reason, I've always mentioned how styles make, we th- we heard this cliche in boxing, styles make fights. And I've always felt the same is true for hockey. And there are two teams that the Minnesota Wilds specifically mix really well with. Uh, one of the Vegas Golden Knights, and specifically the last couple of seasons, Vegas and Minnesota, they get together, the games are chef kiss. Fantastic. Say the same about the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets. Now, call it the cross-border rivalry, the, you know, Manitoba-Minnesota. Uh, the Jets beat Minnesota 3-1 to yesterday, but that really wasn't the story. The big story is the Jets clinch a playoff spot. Congratulations to Rick Bonus and crew. But that was a downright nasty old-school game. Uh, Hartman does have a hearing today for the hit on Nick Ehlers yesterday, which was bone-crunching. 
now. This is after Ehlers had a, uh, took a, got a good lick in on Kirill Kaprizov, so you can understand it. We saw Brendan Dillon fighting Hartman. We saw Adam Lowry fighting uh, Ryan Reeves. This was an old-school game, and through all of it, by the way, very quietly, Mark Shafley has 42 goals. We'll see what happens with the Winnipeg Jets next. I think we all expect... Uh, I'll expect to be this to be the last hurrah for this team as comprised right now. Uh, the Nashville Predators officially eliminated and the questions become, you know, what's next? Um, they have a new owner coming in. Let's not forget as well. They also have a new general manager uh, who will be crowned officially later on in a couple of months. Uh, and that is Barry Trotz as David Poyle winds down the career. Bill Haslam takes over as new majority owner of the Nashville Predators on July 1st. Um, we'll see what happens uh, with Nashville, what happens to this team. We'll see what happens with the coaching staff. We know we have the new general manager moving in, and sometimes that means the manager would like to make some decisions on his own and bring in his people. Thank you very much. We'll see what happens there. The Buffalo Sabres officially eliminated, but... The good news for the Buffalo Sabres, we talked at the beginning of the season about the Sabres and said where they're at right now, whether they make the playoffs or they don't, what they need for this young emerging squad is to play play meaningful games for as long as possible. Well, they got it. They just didn't get into the postseason, but they played meaningful games right up until game 81. And the question then for the Buffalo Sabres is what now? And I would imagine uh, that Erasmus Dahlin extension may be on the horizon, should be on the horizon. He'll be one year out on July 1st, and they can sign a contract extension there. We'll talk about the Panthers. We'll talk about the Jets. We'll talk about everything going on around the NHL, the Islanders, the Penguins, all of it. Oh, by the way, the NHL now has 11 100-point scorers with Elias Pettersson uh, passing the century mark last night. So McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kucherov, Pasternak, Kachuk, McKinnon, Robertson, Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, Rantanen, Pettersson, and, of course, as we mentioned the other day, Eric Carlson. Offense is back. It's really, really nice. Let's get uh, to Elliot here. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Uh, Elliot Friedman joins me from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. And um, Elliot, I just um, I just tweeted something out here a couple of seconds ago. So mm-hmm. the last dance shoes, Michael Michael Jordan. Okay, 1998 NBA Finals Game Two. Uh, the yeah. Air Jordan 13s have sold for 2.2 million dollars at auction. World wow. record for most valuable sneakers ever sold $2.2 million. Now, I'm not much of a collector outside of books. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I read. Like, that. that's my thing. But it's not like I have, like, an extravagant, you know, puck collection or hockey stick collection or, or anything like that. I think, like, some people think that considering what I do, you show up at my house and it's, like, a miniature hockey hall of fame. I assure you it is quite the opposite. If you walked into my front door and I said, based on what you see, tell me what I do for, for a living – you wouldn't be able to say, oh, you work in hockey. So I'm not much of a collector. I'm not sure how much of a collector you are. But is there something that you've looked at and said, you know what? I would pay stupid amounts of money for that. Maybe it's the Miracle on Ice puck or the Miracle on Ice nets. Maybe it's the Henderson goal from 72. Maybe it's uh, Kelly Rudy's pads from the Easter Epic. I I don't know. I'm throwing darts. What might interest you? Puck from Salt Lake City. I'm not sure. Is there anything 
from hockey, as again, I'm not sure how much of a collector you are, that you would look at and you'd say, you know what, that's my Michael Jordan, Air, uh, Air Jordan 13s from 1998 NBA Finals Game 2. Well, first of all, I, I smell enough of Kelly Rudy that I wouldn't pay for his pads. I, I'll say, I'll say that. Um, that's a great question. Like I keep all my press passes, right? Like I've got them all in a couple different bags yep. here because they just bring back so many yep. memories of, of, uh, of things that uh, I would, I, I would, I covered. I, I honestly, you know, I, I think some of the things, the, one of the things is, I, other than that, I'm not a huge collector, but. One of the things I always kind of liked were the special shoes that Usain Bolt wore in uh, at the oh, last Olympics yes. uh, we were at, and that's the kind of thing that I would like. I'm a big Jordan guy. I'm like it's it's tough for me to admit that LeBron James could be the goat, not because I have anything against LeBron James, just because I love Jordan so much, and the yeah. and the whole documentary made me love him even more, and so. I, uh, that's up there for me, but maybe some of Bolt's shoes, like from the Olympics, that would be up there for, that, that would be something I would think about. Michael Phelps goggles from Beijing. Maybe would that be on your list as well? Maybe something like that, Elliot? I don't know. I don't know about that. I think like, um, I really, um, I always, I always had, Bolt always had this mystique for me. And also, um, there's something about the world's fastest man, right? And, um, Same. you know, the, yeah, other, the other thing, too, about Bolt was Bolt, like, Fels was always, and this is not his fault, like, I don't hold this against him at all, because um, everybody's different, but Bolt, like, Fels was more of like a withdrawn guy. He was, he didn't, wasn't always comfortable engaging, which is totally fine. Not everybody yeah. is like that. But Bolt, like, really loved, like, the engagement, and he was really good at it, and, like he had a routine in the Olympics is that, you know, he would talk to everybody, but it would have to be after the final. Like I remember at the last Olympics I did, which was Beijing in the, um, as an, as a track interviewer is that he, you know, he would, he would like there, everybody would be lined up. Like there'd be six or seven rows of, of TV interviews deep. And he would, and uh, on the non-championship races, he would have to talk to NBC, so he would. He would have to talk to the Olympic broadcaster, so he would. But And then he would just say, guys, I'll do it after the final. Then after the final, he talked to everyone, and he was so good at it. He was so engaging. So I always had this thing about Bolt. Uh, one day, and we're getting heavy on time here, and I want to get to hockey, remind me to tell you my Usain Bolt story from Beijing. Put it this way. It made me embarrassed to be a human being sharing oxygen with this man. Uh, I'll tell you that story on, a, on another edition here of the program. Meantime, um, you know, I try to lead with as much positivity as possible in my life oh, yeah. uh, on this program and where, wherever I am. You know me, Elliot, Captain, Captain Smile. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the story should be, for me, the, Penguin, uh, the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets and the Florida Pan- Panthers mm-hmm. clinching. Uh, mm-hmm. That should be where we put the accent. And the Islanders have a chance to clinch tonight with a single point against the Montreal Canadiens, have that one on Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey, etc. But I can't get past that Penguins loss last night. Like, I, I still have top of my brain. 5-2 to two is the final. 
Um, they don't control their destiny anymore. They need a lot of help from Martin St. Louis. Uh, then yep. they've got to take care of business against the Columbus Blue Jackets yesterday. And I was, you know, getting ahead of myself in the open talking about how this is this team isn't owned by Mario Lemieux anymore. You know, there aren't those same loyalties uh, as before when Mario owned the team. This is Fenway Sports, mm-hmm. and the band stayed together, and it wasn't supposed to go this way. And, you know, I mentioned this is the first time since 2009 that Yevgeny Malkin will play 82 games um, yep. in a season. We haven't seen that for the longest time. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, anxiety about not seeing the Penguins in the playoffs and not seeing Sidney Crosby, but... Elliot, we're kind of right there. Like, that was the shocker of the night. It was. And I don't think shocker really does it does it justice. Um, you know, I was watching that game last night, and I was like, okay, um, when when's Pittsburgh going to really get going here? Like, you know, it's, it's, like, mm. it's like when you're watching a movie and you're expecting, like, the big reveal to happen, and it's a bad movie, and the, the great plot twist never comes. And the credits come up, and you're like, "Wait a sec, that's it? Like that's that's what I just watched? <laughs> that's what I thought watching that game yeah. last night." I was like, "And you know, I, I was on the phone with someone this morning. I had a really good conversation with someone this morning. He's been in the league a long time, and he watched that game last night. And we were both talking about how mad Crosby got at Tyler Johnson on the empty netter, and um, and Johnson's kind of like, "Come on, like what's?" What's the big deal here? And we were both we were both talking about the the same thing, is that you know in the, uh, Crosby's because he realizes how big that goal is and what it means, so he's frustrated, which you know I think everybody understands. But you know the yeah. the the thing that the, the thing that that last night really represented was I think to a, to a to this guy and myself, and I wonder if more people are going to think about this is the end of the penguin mystique under these three guys. Like you just thought that in a game like that, like for all the flaws, the penguins might have up and down their roster. You don't bet against Crosby and an 82 game Malkin, as you said, and Latang. you just don't do it. You, they find a way like they find a way. And I think the, the most stunning thing for people watching that game last night was that group couldn't find a way. And again, it's a team game. And, you know, the, the reason the Penguins are where they are is because the team isn't good enough. But you always just think that Crosby and company are going to find a way to do it. And I think that was the most shocking thing last night, that they couldn't find a way to do it. And, look, I think, first of all, I'm sure everybody in the Penguins organization went out today and bought a Samuel Montembeau jersey. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and like, if, but if they don't... Like if, if they don't make it, you know, there's, there's going to be consequences. And I, I think, you know, I mean, it's like you look at it and you, and I think that's the thing that I was talking about with someone this morning is like the shock of yeah. that team with that leadership group, not being able to win that game. It feels like the end of an era. And again, we'll see like if Montreal comes out and, and, and beats the Islanders in regulation, it opens the door yep. for the, the Columbus game tomorrow with the Pittsburgh Penguins and they still have a shot. So I don't want to write the obituary yet on this year's edition of the Penguins. Uh, we'll bracket that for a second. We'll revisit Pittsburgh tomorrow, whether the Islanders win, grab a point or not. 
Uh, one of the big stories tomorrow is going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins, so we'll we'll, we'll park it until then. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets um, clinch officially. It is three to one. That was a fun game. That was a wild game. That was a rough game. Yep. Hartman yep. has a hearing because of that game. Yep. Uh, how are you feeling about the Winnipeg Jets right now? Um, well, I, I feel good for them. Um, you know, they made it a lot more interesting than they needed to do. Um, there's no question about that. Uh, like, like I think it's it's really interesting. Like, um, there's a lot of talk locally about this ad campaign that the Jets just dropped, right? Where they basically yeah. came out and said, at the end, at the end of it, they said, look, if 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 you don't buy tickets here, oh, you know, who knows what the future is going to be? And mm-hmm. you know. Like I think, I think there's some teams that are pretty much bulletproof in all sports, like the Yankees. You always know the Yankees are going to be a strong, strong team. But I think a lot of other teams go, like in terms of their financial support and their ticket support, I mean, not in terms of on the field. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of other teams that go up and down. They have cycles. And I remember when Winnipeg came back into the league, um, you know, that um, – you know, it was it was everybody was happy. I think all of Canada was happy to see the Jets back in the NHL. I remember at CBC we had the philosophy that at the beginning Winnipeg was going to be every Canadian second favorite team, so you could really use that in your program. Yeah. And I think that was true. But you know, what some people always said was, what happens when that team goes through its inevitable down phase? Will there ever be a situation where they're concerned about this again? And, you know, it's been a bit of a down phase out of COVID and financially for them. And, you know, we're kind of seeing that right now. And also the fact that the team has struggled. Now, I don't necessarily think it's the end of the world, but what someone said to me this morning who lives there is that he said to me that it's, it's never far from anyone's mind. You know, you lost a team once before, and you have to worry that someday it could happen again. And what his question was, when were the Jets ever going to play that card? And they've done it now. And I don't think that anyone needs to worry that this team is in danger of going anywhere. I, I don't believe that. But what I, I, what, what I think is, is that the, the Jets always held on to, and like, the last couple of years, like the COVID losses were not small. Like they, they really got hurt. They have one of the smallest footprints in the NHL. It's just like, I think what this is a sign of is how tough the losses were in Winnipeg financially. And they pulled this out now because, you know, they were waiting for the right time to do it if they ever had to do it. And, you know, I think that getting to the playoffs this year is, is hugely important for them. But I, what, what I think is going to be interesting is at the end of the year, Jeff, like let's see how these playoffs go, and then we'll see what decisions they make. Because I think this offseason could be a big crossroads uh, for the Jets. That was a great game to watch last night. That was a mean game. I agree with the, I agree with the hearing. You can't hit. Ehlers is not expecting to get hit in that play. And I know why Hartman did it, because Kaprizov got injured the last game against the Jets, and and I'm sure Hartman was mindful of that, but you can't hit a guy like that. Yep, yep, you can't. And um, there is a... 
don't want to dwell too much on it, but there is a lengthy history of violent games between this edition of the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild. Like, this isn't new territory. You know, this mm-hmm. is this is one of um, a very quietly a very good cross-border rivalry, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets. Yep. Um, moving on. So, of all the... Of all the names that were attached to the Calgary Flames, either coming or going, last summer, the last man standing, Matthew Kachuk, as the Florida Panthers clinched a playoff spot last night. Of all those names, Goudreau and Kadri, Huberto, Uyghur, Goodbranson, all of them, last man standing, Elliot, the only one going to the postseason, Matthew Kachuk and his Florida Panthers, if we're playing Survivor, it's the Kachuk that ends up winning this thing. And I'm sure the Bruins would be very happy to have the, uh, to avoid the, <laughs> to avoid seeing him in the playoffs. You know, if it, in, yes, the, in the non-McDavid heart race, where does Kachuk finish? Uh, he is right up there in that conversation with, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl will be in that conversation. Uh, I always want to throw a goaltender into that conversation. I might be inclined to throw Ilya Sorokin uh, in there. Um, I think he's right in that mix, right underneath Connor. Well, in that, in because no one's right underneath. Like essentially, not only is Connor McDavid winning the Hart Trophy, but it's almost as if there shouldn't even be a number two, and what we're battling for is a number three. He's right there in that that in that in that first drop off. Okay, let me just say something here. Okay. And I don't disagree with you, Uncle Chuck. The Vezina winner this year should be Connor Hellbuck. I don't care what anybody says. That's a funny way to pronounce. That's a that's a funny way to pronounce UC Soros. Can you say that again? No. He just played 13 games in a row and got the Jets into the playoffs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's Hellbuck. He's the guy. That's a funny. And I'm not way. just that's saying that. Pronounce Sorokin. That, that, and I'm not just saying that because he came on our podcast. Although it doesn't hurt, I, I just he played. He just played 13 games in a row and got the Jets into the playoffs. Yeah, to me, that's the end of the argument. Super impressive. The, the end. Super, super impressive. Three words. Okay. The end. All right. Listen, I as as I always tell you on the podcast, I'd agree with you if you were right. I would agree <laughs> with you if you were right, Elliot. Um, but that listen, I I, I say that tongue in cheek. Connor Hellebuck would be deserving. Um, of that award. Uh, Florida Panthers are in, Winnipeg Jets are in, so a couple of seasons come to a conclusion. I just mentioned UC Saros there a couple of seconds, so Nashville, like, I, I think they were shocked that they lasted this long, like, considering oh, yeah. what happened to trade deadline and the nature of the season. Like, they were shocked, but nonetheless, now there's some decisions on the horizon. The good thing is, um, they have one of the elite, elite, elite um, netminders in the NHL, who once again distinguished himself as such this season. Mm-hmm. Two more years at $5 million a copy and you know I mentioned Fenway Sports with uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and I think any conversation about the Nashville Predators Elliot um, Mm -hmm. has to revolve around not just a new general manager coming in although he's right there now working with David Poyle uh, that of course being Barry Trotz but also Bill Haslam takes over as the majority owner of the Nashville Predators new owner comes in there's a new manager I think this is going to be a big summer for Nashville now that they've officially bowed out of the playoff race yeah, but you know, I, I got to tell you, if, if you were another team, and and you wanted to get UC Saros, you should have done it at the deadline. I don't know how they could trade that guy now. They can't. No, no, you can't trade him now. Like the time, the time yeah. was a deadline, and I don't even yeah. know how. I, 
it's weird. Like, I don't even know how much that window was open to move Saros. I think I think teams called. Like, I, okay. I would believe, like, the Kings called and just said, like, what would this take? I believe and, that. And, yep. And you and part of it because it's it's your it's your job to make that phone call, right? If you're if you're the Kings, but totally. I, I I look at this like now if there was any chance he could go anywhere, it's over. You know you can't you can't do that now. He's like now if you're the Predators, like it's kind of funny, Jeff. Like the way the Predators probably look at their season is very different. Like a month a month ago, it was a disappointment, and now it's like, hey. We might have something here. So if you thought you were taking a step back, you're probably not doing that anymore. How many how many how many teams though have been seduced yeah. by what happens towards the end of the season when there's not a whole lot on the line though? Oh yeah, you're not you're not wrong about this. I I completely agree with you. Uh, it's like the the award-winning Craig Simpson uh, statement. Beware of the team that wins when yes. there's no reason to win. But, you know, mm. Nashville won games that had no business winning. I think, I think the sure. Predators are a little different. Like, they won games they had no business winning. And a lot of it was found. A lot of a UC Saros is the backbone. And by the way, I mentioned him for Vesna because much like your Connor Hellebuck, he came on our podcast too. Um, yeah. But also, um, it's point. like you know Luke Evangelista and Tommy Novak and like all these players that you know Philip Tomasino, who had been you know kept down in the uh, the American Hockey League uh, for pretty much you know well pretty much the the entire start of his career. Like now, these young players are given a chance, albeit it's an empty calorie time. I get it, but they're mm-hmm. producing. Like at least yeah. there is like a flicker here of, hang on, we have something coming up here from uh, AHL Milwaukee. Nashville fans are telling me that no, uh, Novak's nickname is Novachkin. <laughs> well, he looked like that against uh, against Jacob Markstrom two nights ago. Um, oh yeah. The other the other story the other story uh, the Devils beat the uh, Buffalo Sabers by a final score of six to two. Um, yeah. Uh, the big story, you know, one of the big stories there, the Hughes brothers playing together for the first time in the NHL. That's nice. And Jack Hughes now the uh, you know uh, sets the record for points by a player for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, sorry, Patrick Eliash. And the Buffalo Sabers are now officially eliminated. I mean, good on them for getting meaningful hockey games right up until game 81 like we talked at the beginning of the year what does the buffalo sabers need they need meaningful games out down the stretch they don't need to be out by christmas or out by mid-january and they weren't um and i'm trying to think like if you're kevin adams is job number one because you can do this on july 1st getting rasmus Dahlin done mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I, I like. I think you have to do that. Like, I think you. The only reason you don't do that is you want to see what the exact cap situation is. But, but I agree with you. Like, you know, you're paying them, so now you just have to get to figure out what the deal is. And you know what? That's the one thing. Like, you you got you got yeah. the, the other thing that's always interesting. There is, like, what do the Sabers consider their their payroll structure here? Dalene's agents, who are Newport and no shrinking violets, they're going to say, we don't care what your salary structure is. This is Rasmus Dalene. <laughs> um, yes. But, like, you know, obviously if you're the Sabres, you're going to say, look, we're going to have to pay this guy, we're going to have to pay this guy, we're going to have to pay this guy, 
And, you know, you all have to make it work. It's a negotiation. But, like, you know my rule. If you have a core player, a star player, a cornerstone, you sign him up for as long as you can because the number never goes down. And that's definitely the case with that kid. Uh, While we're talking about uh, never going down, someone coming up. Um, We talked about Dustin Wolf yesterday with uh, Calgary Flames. He's been recalled. um, There you go. Outstanding safe percentage of 932 at... Uh, in the American Hockey League, the Calgary Flames playing the San Jose Sharks tonight. Are you getting that soap and warm water feeling for the NHL debut of Dustin Wolf tonight? To say nothing or Brandon Busey getting called up by Buff uh, by Boston, and we yeah, see he's him, an emergency uh, call up though. His NHL debut, emergency recall. I know uh, Allmark left yeah. the game uh, with muscle tightening in the third. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But Dustin Wolf, what are you feeling for tonight? Well, I, I, first of all, I think it's the smart thing for the Flames to do. Like, you know, like like their fans are have an awful taste about this season, just like the whole organization does. Now, at least in the last game at home, you give them Coronado and you give them Wolf. Like at least, like at least you give them something to feel happy about. You know, um, Eric mentioned Coronado yesterday, and then we reported that Wolf was likely coming too. Um, like yeah. they like their team Calgary could be the number one seed in the AHL playoffs. Um, we'll see. Yep. Like there, this kid, there's no point for this kid to play in the AHL next year. Like he's he's got to be on the Flames, and so I think it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they maneuver to get him in there. I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's given like I don't know how much I was going to watch Calgary San Jose tonight. I'll, I'll be watching it tonight to see oh. this. Uh, 100%. Um, really quickly, um, goaltending situation with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we've seen Jed Alexander, uh, Nick Chenard, uh, Matt Anuska from the Windsor Spitfires yesterday, and I'm guessing we see Samuel Richard on Thursday from uh, University of New Brunswick, the Reds, uh, national champions, and he was the MVP this year. Uh, I'm guessing that will continue Thursday against the Rangers? Well, if you heard Dubas yesterday, Murray's recovering from a concussion. We haven't seen him yet. And it doesn't sound like they're too well, giddy to play Samsonov, which I don't blame them for. Um, you know, then, then yes, because the ATOs only last for one game, right? So, Chenard had his game, and right. Anuska had his game, and now uh, Richard will. I'll tell you this, though. So, I, I didn't have a problem with what happened with Jed Alexander. It was kind of a one-off. I, I will say this. I, am, I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised. Because I don't think I'm surprised by anything anymore, Jeff. But um, I, I am. I have noted the amount of people who privately are saying they have a big problem with this. And I'll tell you, uh, someone made a really good point to me. He said that the thing that bothers him the most about it is that, like, if you're a goalie who is around, and let's just say you. You come, you just miss your pension cutoff. He says that's what really bothers him about this. He said, one game, I understand. This has now been three games. And, you know, like, you know, he said that, and he said it's not a Toronto thing, it's an NHL, NHL Players Association thing. And he, what he said is that, like, it, you could be a guy now, like, whatever the cutoff is for a fully vested pension. Imagine you're you miss it by two or three games, and it could have been, these could have been your NHL appearances. And he says that's what bothers him about it. And 
you know, the one thing is, like, there's been a lot of talk about, do we have, like, an exception? You know, like, who's going to pay for it? it you, but people might think it's, like, a small thing, but then that becomes a negotiation. There's got to be some kind of – that's the one thing I do agree with. I think if there's a big difference between you need it for one game and then you need it for three games, and that tension point really struck home with me. Like, imagine you're the person who – finishes one or two games shy and jeff you know actuaries and lawyers they don't bend the rules if the number is 100 and you get to 98 (laughs) it's too bad yeah it's 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 so funny because you know people like you and me around nhl lockout times we become like expert expert actuaries uh, about all these types of things and it, it used to it used to be easy elliot i mean it used to be you get your full pension of 400 games Everyone, that yeah. was the race. You had to get your 400 games. When you got game number 400, that was the big celebration in the dressing room uh, afterwards. All right, he got the 400. That means he gets his, his full pension. I, yeah. That formula has changed. I'm just yeah, not less exactly now, I think. sure what it was. But, I yeah, I've, I've given up playing amateur actuary either on television or radio or, or podcast. So yeah. that's uh, something to investigate. But I do understand that. If that does cost someone their full pension, man, that really sucks. But, again, I keep coming back to this idea. None of this contravenes the CBA. This is all in there. This is all legit. This is all on the up and up. It just, it just feels. I don't know about. I mean, wrong is doing too much work in that sense, but it just feels awkwardly different. How about that? To give, yeah. it, a, to give it a soft landing. The one uh, thing okay, I think on Toronto, the uh, one thing I think is, Toronto deserves the credit for, though, is making sure Samson yeah. played in that game against Florida. Against the Panthers. Be, yes. Well, you know, the funny thing, absolutely, because that was a game that, quote-unquote, mattered. The empty yeah. calorie game was a Tampa game. Uh, mm-hmm. No effect on the standings. Florida, that game uh, affected the Islanders and affected the Pittsburgh Penguins. And if they would have put the uh, the player on the ATO in there, um, it would have been, well, first of all, it would have been going after both Lula Amarillo and Brian Burke, uh, the last couple yeah. of general managers for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I don't think that would have been lost on anybody. Uh, they would have reacted really quietly. <laughs> and very calmly, neither are vindictive at all, Elliot. <laughs> neither have demonstrated that they're vindictive. Um, all right, thanks, bud. We'll uh, we'll be watching tonight, uh, Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey, Elliot, you and I will, as uh, the Islanders face off against the Montreal Canadiens. Both the fates of the Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins hang in the balance. Thanks, Reach. All right, take care, Jeff. There he is, Elliot Friedman uh, of 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.